0: This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sika on FM 94.1 The Voice. Check this out in 2 Chronicles one fifteen. It says, The king made silver and gold as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone. That's true. Hey, what are you doing today? I'm just skipping some gold over this water, right? Or maybe some silver if I run out of gold. Oh, wait a minute. I won't run out of gold because Solomon is a king. He made silver and gold as common as stone and valuable cedar... Timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees that grow in the foothills of Judah. Valuable cedar was like sagebrush. That's how valuable Israel was under his leadership. He had lots of money, lots of entertainment. And he continues, Ecclesiastes 2 verse 8. He says, I've got singers, both men and women. He didn't have, you know, a shuffle playlist on a Spotify. He had bands shuffling in and out of his bedroom. If he liked Justin Timberlake, guess what? He's not just coming for a Saturday night live, you know, performance. He's there living in the palace and whenever Solomon wanted to snap his finger, Justin Timberlake is busting his moves. He had money, he had entertainment. I know it's hard for us to imagine this in today's day and age of someone being so wealthy, so rich and having such a big pull. But this guy had it all. And not just entertainment, money, and he had many concubines the delight of the sons of man. Um, in First Kings chapter 11, it says that he had 300 concubines. Who are these concubines? Well, these are women that these kings got exclusively for their own sexual pleasure. I don't mean to get um, under the belt over here, but oftentimes, we as human beings, we have certain urges okay, or, or imaginations or fantasies. This guy, whatever he fantasized, he had it right there in his palace. 300 concubines, that suits his fancy. Anything he wanted. Folks, I really hope you're able to let this sink in. We as human beings, we're in a fallen world. A world that is cursed because of sin. There's no way we can create a paradise for for ourselves over here. Pleasure doesn't cut it. Comedy and laughter doesn't cut it. Wine, alcohol, getting wasted doesn't cut it. Any substance would not cut it. Hard work, working hard with your hands, your labor, building cities, companies, businesses, a bank balance, a a portfolio is not going to cut it. A life of ease is not going to cut it. All the money in the world and entertainment will not cut it. It cannot build a paradise for us here on this earth. And verse 9, he says, So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Some scholars doubt that, okay? Uh, But it says that his wisdom remained with me. And it says, And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep them. I keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. For what my heart found pleasure in all my toil. And this was my reward for all my toil. And he says, Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and striving after the wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. And that said, he stands back, he looks at the cities that he's built, he looks at the gardens, he looks at his palace, he looks at the people in his palace. In fact, it says that this guy was cooking food for about 30,000 people a day. That's how much food was being uh, cooked in his palace. That's how much people he had, that's how much parties he had. And he stands back, and he hears a sound from afar, and he says, Man, all was vanity, a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Everything is pointless, it's meaningless, it's chasing after the wind. Hey, I want to do a little homework now, okay? In your piece of paper, or you know, one of those random bulletins that you have in your Bible, I want you to find a pen and I want you to write down, what's one thing that you've been chasing after, that you think, if I had that, my life now will be complete. My life will be the best life I can have here if I had this one thing. I want you to be honest, man, it's just you. And I want you to know that even if you had that, it's not going to be the thing that will ease and take away your struggle and pain of meaninglessness here on this earth. Whatever you had asked my son this last night, I said, hey, if you had one thing that you could have, you know, what would it be that will make your life complete? He said, I want a forest, weird imagination, right? I think it's the quarantine that's getting to me. I want a forest and everything is made out of candy. And every time I take a bite out of something, it will just magically reappear. So it's a forest of candy. He's kind of like Solomon, except he's still young now, so he wants to build a forest, but this time not forest with fruit-bearing trees, but it's trees that bear candy. Kind of crazy. Now you might think, well, I'm not a child. I don't want a forest full of candy. But maybe for you, it's pleasure of some sort. Maybe it is, man, I'm sick and tired of being depressed. I just want laughter. Maybe it is, Freedom and breakthrough from your abuse of substance, of alcohol, or hard work, or maybe you just want a life of ease to sit back and relax. Maybe it's money, maybe it's sex, maybe it's rock and roll and fame. The older you get, our desires only change. But our pleasure for paradise will never be found with whatever we build here in our hands. But track with me because we find hope in the end of this all. The second thing we find that Solomon is searching for, is this paradise that he's trying to build, he points out that even if we build on previous generations, okay. so, so if I work really hard, example, um, and, and the living church turns into this amazing movement okay, that's causing worldwide revival, I do not know if the next person that comes when I'm old and I need to step down will have the same heart, the same vision, the same goals and he'll have to start fresh from somewhere in fact george uh, he said this once and i think it's really wise and i think it's true he says churches they are like they're like people they grow they flourish they bear fruit and then they die it doesn't mean that the church dies it means that god is making room for a new person to come with new virgin in the new generation to to lead the next generation into god's presence in a new way similarly in our life you can gain all the wealth you can gain all the wisdom but guess what one day you're going to die and then the next generation is going to come. And this second thing I want you to know that Solomon learns that we need to learn is lost paradise, it's a permanent human problem. It's a permanent human problem. We cannot layer up and gather up and build on previous generations and do away with the problem of lost paradise. It's not like eventually my, my great-grandchildren will figure it out for my mistakes and they'll be able to build a paradise for themselves. Look look again at what uh, Blaise Pascal 16th century theologian. What he says? He says men have not been able to cure death, misery, or ignorance. They have taken to not thinking about them, so as to become happy. In other words, he's saying there's no way. No matter how many generations, no matter how many years you live here, no matter how much money, you have, no matter how, edu- how much how educated you are, there's no way you can find a cure for death, for misery, and for ignorance. And because of that, mankind we tend not to think about those things with hopes that we'll find happiness. Right? Think about it. When was the last time we actually thought about what's happening in the world right now? I mean, three years ago, like I said earlier in in this video this last week, I said three, three, three weeks ago, three months ago, if someone were to tell you we're living in uncertain times, it didn't have the same impact as it does now, when someone tells you we're living in uncertain times. We don't often stop to think about death. We don't stop to think about the misery of this earth and, and the sickness that comes, the diseases that comes. And so we, we try to forget these things. We think ignorance is bliss. And he says the sole cause of man, there's Blaise Pascal saying the sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room. This is not something that someone wrote two weeks ago because of quarantine. This is someone that wrote this in the 16th century saying that the sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room hey if I said this two weeks ago you'd be like no I know how to stay quietly in my room seriously I saw this meme on Facebook and hopefully I can repeat it right I thought it was really funny you know we have all these uh, posts that show up on social media of like you know would you stay in an abandoned house for two months and someone will give you five thousand dollars right you just gotta stay there all by yourself well now You could stay there and hopefully the government will send you some money and you just need to stay put in your house and we're losing our minds, right? It's true, man. The sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he does not know how to stay quietly in his room. Why is that? It's because like Solomon, we're trying all our lives, every day of our lives to build a paradise here in this fallen world. Here's another reality this morning that struck me. You and I, we find our self-worth in the things that we do and achieve and gain and how we're able to do things better than someone else and that's what causes you to feel like you are someone in this world and so when we have to sit quietly in a house it almost seems like you're useless and so you want to break rules, you want to risk health, you want to risk other people's health and you want to go out and do dumb stupid stuff why? because you're trying to build a paradise here on this earth but lost paradise is a permanent human problem let me put this into scripture Solomon puts aside his chasing pleasure days and he considers wisdom. And he says, maybe wisdom can create a paradise for himself over here. And maybe if he cannot see the paradise, maybe his son will. Verse 12, so I turn to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do who comes after the king? Only what has already been done. He says, man, even that's not going to happen because the guy that comes after me, he can only do what has already been done because we saw that last week. Sinful parents will give birth to sinful kids who will do the same thing that the sinful parents done just with modern technology, but it's the same sin. Solomon, he says, man, the king that comes after me, he's only going to be able to do what's already been done. And he says, then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly. As there's more gain in light than in darkness. Well, duh, tell me, would you rather walk in darkness or walk in the light? You'd be like, I'll pick light. Yeah, would you rather be a fool or be wise? Choose wisely. Okay, you want wisdom. You don't want, you don't want, you don't want to live in foolishness. And then he says, the wise person has eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet I perceived, check this out, the same event happens to all of them what is the same event that happens to the wise and the fool we need to get to verse 16 for that but first verse 15 then i said in my heart what happens to the fool will happen to me also why then have i become so wise and i said in my heart that this is also vanity even chasing wisdom trying to chase understanding in the end it's going to be vanity because what happens to the fool also happens to the wise look at this this is what happens verse 16 for the wise as of the fool There's no enduring remembrance. First of all, the wise guy is not going to be remembered just as much as the fool is going to be forgotten. Seeing that in the days to come, all will have been long forgotten. And then he says how the wise dies just like the fool. Very sobering reality, and I really hope you're tracking with me. I think this is a very timely message, a very timely passage for what we're going through. God is showing us a very practical illustration And bringing right in front of you, in your living room, the paradise that you have spent your life trying to build. And God is trying to show us that lost paradise is a permanent human problem. No matter what you build, you're not going to find paradise here on this earth. Because one day, everything that you worked hard for, it's going to be gone. Your work will be forgotten. And the one that comes after you might be a fool that takes all your stuff. And he's going to die. And you're going to die. And the people that now you're looking down on, because he's a fool or because he's uneducated or because he doesn't know how to dress or because the way he speaks, guess what? He's going to be in a wooden box just like you and will go down in the dirt and both of you will be forgotten. Man, what a sobering reality. Lost paradise is a permanent permanent human problem. You know, um, as I've been trying to apply this to my life, it's very sobering because as I've been getting ready for this, I... Um, I want to make sure that everything is working well, that, you know, uh, the camera was working well, that our, our internet is working well, that, you know, the, the sound and everything is working fine. And, and God had to show me, man, that no matter how hard you work at something, okay, ultimately, people aren't going to remember me. Okay? Ultimately, I need to work for people, for you to remember Jesus, for you to remember the paradise that he is calling us to, the life that he is calling us to. Not, oh man, how beautiful the sound was during worship, or how beautiful the lights were, or how beautiful, you know, Joel's jacket was. It's all going to be forgotten and gone. And Solomon, he's having that very harsh reality in a much larger scale as he himself is walking down these roads trying to figure out where and how can I get this purpose and meaning in life in finding a paradise for myself. This is very depressing when he says that how the wise dies just like the fool. He's gained all this wisdom, he's gained all this knowledge, all his PhDs, and eventually he realizes he's going to go down to the ground just like any other fool that's poor, that's uneducated. Solomon he's wondering how many generations his wealth will last. Statistics say that 60% of wealth that's inherited is lost within the second generation. 60% lost within the second generation. Solomon, it's far worse than that. Do you want to take a wild guess how long... His wealth lasted? Go on, take a wild guess. Type it out in the comments. I'm waiting. 60% of statistics say that it lasts two generations. Okay, while you're typing that down, it says in First Kings chapter 4, verse 25, check this out. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign, King Shishak of Egypt, he came, Shishashah, King Shishak of Egypt, came up and attacked Jerusalem. He ransacked the treasure of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stole everything. Did you get that? He stole everything including all the gold shields that Solomon had made. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is PO Box 2014 Eagle Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.